2: aol bbc world news huffington post and the new york times cargill vigorously defends lawful gun ownership in this country without regard to party politics and now here's michael cargill
3: good day austin texas the live music capital of the world let's praise the lord and pass the ammunition should we defund the police if so why if not why what is the solution to the problem that we have. Well, I have, uh, I'm have going to have on the phone Mikelly Kinsey. Uh, she's running for city council. Also, I have inside the studio Jeff on the right. I'm going to talk to him about defunding the police. And Jeff Charles is a contributor for RedState.com, also LibertyNation.com, and co-host of the Red Plus Black Show. So we're going to talk about defunding the police.
4: And you know what? It's Father's Day.
3: Man, Zach, did you wish your, your father happy Father's
4: Day? Tried to FaceTime him earlier, but uh, I guess he was already celebrating. But I'll get back to him. I'm that terrible son.
3: Again. I I haven't I haven't I haven't done it yet.
4: You're I'm, bad. I'm very bad. I'm very, what are your I, kids going to think worst. of you, Michael? That is
3: true. I know. I get up so early in the morning. I had a class first thing this morning. I had two classes yesterday. You know we did two lights to carry handgun courses yesterday, back to back. I started one at eight. Another one at one thirty. I believe it. It's it's crazy. I, I I literally went home and just passed out. Gary. Gary, did you wish your, father's, uh, uh, your father a happy Father's Day?
1: No, I've been busy working for you.
3: Oh, that's the excuse you're using. Okay. All right, we'll see if that, that holds yeah, up, holds true. Nice. I'm going to talk to your dad later on this evening. We'll find out.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs>
3: All right. So we're going to talk about defunding the police. I, I need to know, you know, is this a good thing? Should we do this? You know, should we defund the police? Uh, and if so, I, I want to know what people are talking about is, it, as far as defunding the police. What exactly does that mean? So we actually invited woman Natasha Harper-Madison on the show, but she had an emergency. At, uh, last minute couldn't come on the show. Um, And then we also, we've, you know, we called, make calls out to Chris, what's his name, Chris Harris? Is
4: that right? Oh, he's never going to respond.
3: Right. You know, so we do try, I try to get people, you know, uh, on the show. We make several phone calls, call them out, you know, but... At the last minute, somehow something happens and they don't come on the show. And that's, you know, people with the, I guess, opposing opinion of this, you know. And I, I just, honestly, I don't know how Jeff on the right's gonna talk about this. For all I know, he could be totally opposite of, of what I think. So we'll find out about that. But usually people are afraid to come on this show and talk to us, you know, about you know, what's going on, you know, in current events, talk about gun laws and all that kind of stuff. Also, do you know the number one question that I get in the LTC license to carry handgun course now nowadays that number one question
4: i think i know what it would be
3: what is it what do you think the <laughs> number one question is can i shoot a police officer that is arresting me unlawfully that is the number one question i'm getting right now it just it it, it cringes me to my core you know that's the number one question and and first you know what instead of just answering the question right out let's let's read what the actual texas penal code says about that. And using force or daily force against an officer that is arresting you unlawfully. Let's see what it says. Uh, so let's go to penal code section, Zach, 9.31. Yeah,
4: it's going to be Texas penal code 9.31. What does she say? <clears throat> she says if you go down to, uh, I think a subsection B. Let's- Section B.
3: Yeah, so it's 9.31. It's going to be that little B. Little B. And it says the use of force against another is not justified. B, number two.
4: What does it say? The use of force against another is not justified to resist an arrest or search that the actor knows is being made by a peace officer or by a person acting in a peace officer's presence and at his direction, even though the arrest or search is unlawful. Unless the resistance is justified under subsection
3: C. All right, so right there, it's saying, "Hey, you can't do this. You you cannot use uh, force or daily force for that matter." Nine point three one talks about force. Nine point three two talks about daily force. Everything you can do at nine point three one, you can do at nine point three two when it comes to force and daily force. So it's saying, "Hey, you cannot use force or daily force. You know to you know stop an officer who's using greater force than necessary to arrest you, unless." It says the resistance is justified in subsection C. So now, what does subsection C say, Zach?
4: The use of force to resist an arrest or search is justified. One, if before the actor offers any resistance, the peace officer or person acting at his direction uses or attempts to use greater force than necessary to make the arrest or search. All right, so what they're saying there is, all right, so this officer's using greater
3: force than necessary to arrest you, and then so you're going to use force or daily force to stop this officer. Here's what's going to happen, okay, when you do that. All right, you're, you start fighting with this officer that's using greater force than necessary to arrest you. His backup is going to show up. His backup is going to see something totally different, okay? They're going to see you attacking this officer. What's going to happen is then that backup is going to shoot and kill you, <laughs> and it's going to end it right there. So – I always tell people in my classes, what you want to do is, unfortunately, you're in their world. The best thing to do so you can survive this and get through this is to comply. If an officer is going to arrest you, they're going to arrest you. There's no way you can talk you out of it. Let's just get through it. You know what? If you're going to arrest you, arrest you. Do the right thing. You have a right to remain silent. Exercise your right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. Comply. Then, you know what you do? Call your attorney. I have Texas and U.S. law shield. I will contact my attorney and let my attorney sue them, you know, because the city of Austin, they will pay. If if that officer does something wrong, you get you let your attorney do the fighting for you. I'm not going to argue right there on the side of the road. I'm not going to, you know, curse this uh, this police officer out, use profanity or any of that stuff. I'm going to comply. Let them do whatever they're going to do, because you know what? They're going to do it anyway, whether I resist or not. They're going to do it. So I'm not going to resist. Let them do what they're going to do. Let my attorney do my fighting for me and sue them and take them to civil court. That's how you do it. That's how you, you get through that stop, survive, and comply, and you'll become rich. You comply and you shut your mouth. That's right. right. You'll be rich. and I'm trying to help you make some money. I'm trying to help you. <laughs> do it that way. I'm telling you. Any other way, you're going to die. Don't do that. Let's I'm going to make you rich. Get you, you can be a millionaire on the on the city of Austin's dime. Trust me. Listen to what I got to say. All right. So that's the number one question. That's how you handle that problem. Um, listen to the Texas Penal Code. Also, I got people tagging me and things on social media about all the different little shootings that's happening you know, around the country. You know, they're tagging me and they're saying, Michael, 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 you know, the Wendy's shooting. No, Michael, that was not justified. Look, they've been hit. That officer has been fired. That officer has been charged with all this and all that. Well, you know what? We're going to read what the law says. I'm going to read I'm going to read you what the law says here in Texas. If you're in that situation, because everyone's all hyped up. They're like, hey, see, see, Michael, he's being charged. But let me tell you, we're going to tell you what the Texas Penal Code Section 9.42 says about trying to recover some property immediately after the fresh pursuit. Also, we're gonna talk about, man, what's our sub- subject today? The funding the police. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
5: This is Coleon
4: Noir, and you're listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.
6: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Talk 1370, the right choice.
2: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill.
3: That's right. So you want to defund the police, huh? Well, here's what's going to happen. What happened this weekend? We had five people shot in Austin, downtown. You have a record numbers of shootings in Chicago. You had massive shootings in, in Minnesota. That's right. Shootings everywhere. Defund the police. And you know what? I Do it. I dare you. Because you know what? They're going to walk into the gun store and people are going to buy guns. They're going to defend themselves. You're going to see record sales in gun stores. Go ahead. Defund the police. I'm all for it. <laughs> Go for it. Do what you got to do. Make yourself happy. You know what? You're going to make me happy. You do that. I dare you. You're not going to do it. I dare you. Defund the police. Let's talk about it. You know what? Jeff on the right, tell us, should we defund the police or not?
6: Well, I mean, the whole issue with defunding the police is that nobody's really def- defined what that means anyway. I mean, I wrote an, ar- an article about that for Red State, and they're all over the place. So, one, that kind of tells me that they're not really even taking this seriously in the first place. Mm. And, uh, two... I mean, if they're talking about defunding the police, like the ones who actually want to abolish the police, not a good idea, especially since these are the same people who don't want you to be able to buy, buy, buy guns to defend yourself in lieu of police. Right. So, I mean, so the whole thing is ridiculous, and I think, honestly, that's why they're not taking it seriously. Polls are showing that the majority of Americans are against the notion of defunding the police, so this whole movement isn't going to go anywhere. Now, when it comes to putting in reforms to police— now you can get me on board with that because I do think that that, that is necessary. Mm, I'm I'm all for it. Defund the police. That's right. You go for it. That's right. You know what
3: happened? This week I had about at least a hundred people walk into the store. And I say, why are you here? You're you never you never bought a gun before? No, no. You don't have any guns inside the home? No, no, no. So why are you here? Because they're saying they're gonna defund the police. So I need to buy a gun. I'm all for it. You go for it. <laughs> <laughs> go for it. Defund them. That's right. Yes. That's what I need. That's what I want. You know what, man? Who we have on the phone? Mackenzie Kelly. She's running for uh, city council. Mackenzie, what do you think? Should we defund the police?
5: Hey, Michael. Hey, Gary. Hey, Jeff. Uh, thanks for having me on the show today. I I definitely think that defunding the police is an awful awful narrative. There's no real bona fide alternative to the police department at this time, and community policing has only worked in small cities defunding our police will place an additional burden on other police entities and it's become clear that the rioters and other fascist groups are taking advantage of this moment in time to push their agenda and destroy the police department without an alternative structure i mean for there to be better internal reviews and policy changes and reforms at apd they need funding i'm all for reforming and developing the police department by, by, but by taking that funding away we're debilitating them Currently, we're 170 officers short, and people in my district, voters who've reached out to me, they're angry about slow response times and not being protected. I and mean, we're on the far northwest side of Austin and our closest substation, Lamplight Village. So we definitely need changes in the police department. I think that that's something I can stand behind, just like Jeff can. But by taking those officers off the streets for a community our size, it, it's going to be very debilitating. Mm.
3: Je- Jeff, what do you think?
6: Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I mean, I, I just I don't really see the point in what they're talking about. Reforms. Yes. I mean, I do think all over the country we need serious reforms. I'm I'm a, I'm even OK with some dramatic reforms, depending on what they are. But the notion that we should just get rid of the police force and not really, especially since we're not really going to replace it with anything. I, I, I'm not seeing the benefit there. Now, since I can't get the other side on, you know, on the show, I got to
1: hold on, on, hold on, hold on. advocate.
3: So go ahead. Go ahead.
1: All right. So I think the idea here is that uh, these police budgets are taking up massive portions of the city's overall budget. And I think a lot of the the people that are they're calling for defunding the police are saying that the money is going to uh, the wrong things, for example. Like they're not these officers aren't getting proper psychological training. They're not getting uh, proper, you know, like physical training, like they should be proficient in jujitsu or some form of uh, martial arts or something like that. And there's also a lot of money I've seen that's that it appears that is being wasted on the militarization of the police. So when 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 you have the police that are driving around with these like MRAPs and stuff like that, I think that uh, that's probably the 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 foundation of what people are upset with regarding the funding and defunding of the police. Would you you guys think about that?
5: So, Gary, let's let's talk about that for a second. I'm in a very unique role. I took a 14-week long Citizens Police Academy through the Austin Police Department last year, graduated in December, I was president of my class. I sat through speech and talk after talk and educational opportunity from every department that the Austin Police Department has and is funded by. They have a class about all of this that they go through with all of their officers, all of their cadets, they have less than lethal alternatives, but they also have different ways that they train their officers in working to make sure that the least deadly option is the first one to use. And I think that's really important. It's not like they're trying to escalate things. The officers obviously are there to de-escalate a situation when it happens. I think that the, the things that are happening in the world today are extreme examples where, yeah, sometimes the best option is not used, but that's an educational opportunity. And that's a situation where we can go in as a community and say, we need to educate these officers on a higher level and we need to make sure that they always make the right decisions. But the other thing that we have to remember is that officers are people too. They're just like you and me. They're just trained to a different standard. And so there are gonna be mistakes, but we need to make sure that those mistakes that happen, happen less often.
1: I think it's- awesome. So what about things like when uh, Justin Howell, this this gentleman that was shot in the face with a rubber bullet that's less than lethal.
4: Obviously, you know why,
5: awful. I don't know why it happened. I would be very interested to see the review on that, because I think that that's something that needs to be looked into.
1: Right. And there, there was another, uh, there was a kid, I think he was a teenager, who was also shot in the head from a, very far off, and it seemed like he was not even really even involved so much with the protesting and he he was also put in the hospital by a less than less than lethal round. I'm not sure if it was a bean bag or a rubber bullet, but I, I think that's what uh, the the issue here is that there's like obviously there needs to be reform and training and stuff like that because and here's another example. there was the the Sharp Brooks guy down in uh, in Atlanta. He he just uh, was tossing these two officers around like it was a joke. I mean, this dude was drunk and he just woke up and he just whooped both their, whooped both of them. You know what I mean? These guys need to yeah. be they need to be trained and be very proficient in some sort of martial arts, and and we need to have we need to have like psychological conditioning of some sort because the, we're talking about law enforcement They need to be um, you know mentally and physically held to a higher standard, as you said, and I don't see that happening right now.
3: All right, so you say you well, want them I... to be proficient in, in jiu-jitsu and martial arts and stuff like that. Well, that teaches them to choke them out. So you want them to start choking? Uh,
1: not
5: necessarily. I mean, they, the APD, uh, they have something called response to resistance training. And this is a, a actual like policy and training that they go through routinely. And... It's used, they've had visitors from all across the nation come to learn about APD's response to resistance training. And I think that that says a lot about the the training they do provide. Now, is it a systematic change that needs to happen? Yes. But also there need to be people who are officers actually reviewing that on a regular basis. And I think maybe that's where some of the disconnect is.
6: I think it's also important to remember that, you know, what applies to other law enforcement agencies in other states may not necessarily apply to Austin Police Department. For all I know, they may be excellent. I'm not as familiar with, with the numbers and, and uh, with the numbers of incidents when it comes to Austin Police Departments. But I think that, pre- I think pretty much any law enforcement agency is probably going to need some reform because it, we, we always focus on when uh, a, a man is shot or a man is killed. but police brutality does not just involve fatalities there are plenty of examples of brutality that don't wind up with with somebody dead but it's still just but it's still wrong it's still the state overstepping its bounds so I think it's it's definitely appropriate to take a long and hard look at how our police are conducting themselves in in ways that protect them but also in ways that also protect the, the civilians that they're supposed to be serving Gary
1: yeah, I would agree. I think that police brutality is, is not, it's probably more often in fact uh, that it is just physical violence and doesn't result in a fatality. But I also don't think that all this money is, I mean, the the cities are already portioning out a large sum of their budget to the police departments. And it's clearly all this money is not, you know, leading down a the, the path of reform that we would like to see. And I, I think that, that both left, right, it's definitely libertarian uh, I think that all of these sides of the political spectrum would like to see police reform maybe there's a middle ground that people can reach and uh, it's obviously not abolishing the police or funding the police further maybe it is something around defunding or maybe uh, resituating what the current funding is and what they're putting it towards because I mean the the local police should not have all this militarization m- the the militarization occurring that's happening it that's it's unnecessary. All right, so I, think I I can see
5: what you're saying, but I would also play devil's advocate here and say there are some really bad people in this world. I don't know if you remember when the Austin bomber happened, but they needed that equipment in order to be able to go in there and ensure that the community was safe. That's right. Hold on, hold on. Maybe McKinsey. they overuse it, but right. Mackenzie, hold
3: hold on, just one second. Uh, that's right. You know what? I think we should we need to come up with a panel, someone that has the authority to fire, and also recommend charges to the district attorney at like, a, like a grand jury, and so they can be prosecuted. We also need to make sure that they can fire the police chief. Right now, most of your police departments cannot fire your police chief. They can only demote them. They can't fire them. We need to talk about that. Let's talk about solutions. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
4: Hello, this is Gerald Darty, and I'm the Precinct 3 County Commissioner here in Travis County, and you're listening to Common Talking.
6: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. Talk 137, the right choice.
2: Welcome back to Come and Talk It. And now here's Michael Cargill.
3: That's right, it's Father's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. You know, what what I like to see is a panel. A panel to bring charges against a police officer when they do something wrong. And send that to kind of like a grand jury. They need to have grand jury authority and power and send that to the DA who sends it to a judge and there's a trial. That's what needs to happen. They need to be able to fire that police officer. I don't think police should have unions. They need to get rid of the union. That's just me. I'm putting it out there. Um, And if you do this, we can fix whatever issues we have. You should not defund the police. We need police officers. That's right. Because there are things that people don't want to do. They don't want to deal with. And you need the police officer to deal with that situation. So we do need police, but we also need them to do the right thing. You need to have them living in the community that they're serving in. You know, I don't want you living in Round Rock and then you're patrolling in East Austin. You need to live in East Austin. Live in that community. That way you're dealing with the people that you're living around. That will solve a lot of the problems of, you know, enforcing certain things in certain areas and not enforcing them in other areas you know just putting it out there that's how we can solve this issue but you know what they're not going to solve the problem because they're going to sidestep it they're going to talk about let's do this let's do that let's steal money from here so we can use money over here you're going to have the same people your problem people is not your police department your problem is your district attorney in travis county you guys are a bunch of idiots In Travis County, the Travis County DA is the most powerful district attorney in the entire state of Texas. You idiots don't even know that. All of you are idiots. Your district attorney in Travis County is the most powerful district attorney in the entire state of Texas. Why? Here's why. That is a DA that has the power to arrest and bring, well, actually bring charges against an elected official. No other DA can do that. And you do not put that, you don't push that DA and make them do the right thing. That district attorney has not pushed for any, anyone to be charged when they've done something wrong with their police department. And you're going to put this same person back in office. That's a bunch of idiots. You're talking about the police. We should do this with the police. We should do that with the police. No, you got it wrong. Your district attorney is your problem. Your judge is your problem. That is your problem. You're a bunch of idiots. That's just my thought
1: Michael look you were talking about how you can you should be able to fire the police chief right how people should be allowed to do that yes okay this is I think a actually a good uh, a good talking point supporting the defunding of the police because the sheriff's could take over a lot of this a lot of this uh, this work that the police department does and the sheriff is elected I agree. So why not let the sheriff's department take care of a lot of this stuff, minimize the amount of work that the police are doing, reform the way the police are doing their job, and and put some of that money back into uh, to different things? What's wrong with that? I'm not saying you're gonna gonna have to shift
3: that. You have to shift. You have to shift the money from the police department to the sheriff's department because you're gonna have to. There are not enough sheriff deputies in this county. Okay, so you're gonna have to shift all that over, all those funds over to the sheriff's department. They still need the funding. (laughs) You still need to make sure they you need to make sure you do the right thing but you got to have oversight. There's no oversight right now. So we're just going to move the problem from one wow. area to another problem with no oversight. You still can't you can't you don't have a panel that actually has the power to fire uh, or bring charges against an officer when they do something wrong. We clearly seen things wrong. You know this you know until this thing boiled over it's like a coke can. You shake that coke can, all of a sudden things explode and now you can't control it. You can't put the genie back into the box now. So now you're just going to have to deal with it.
1: Who is, who's who's so- determining that we have, uh, you know, not enough police to handle these issues in the first place? I mean, from what it appears to me, a lot of the, the issues that police are dealing with are things like speeding and a lot, I don't know, a lot of things that are sort of malignant go ahead kelly so,
5: Gary, there there were a uh, there was a study done by somebody independent a while ago and they said that for every 1000 people in a community we needed like 1.5 police officers and and currently we're well below that for a city our size based on data from other places that's what was determined and i might be a little bit wrong on on the number but there was a study that was done and back to michael's point about there not being a community police review commission that was in the works I applied for it, and in March when COVID hit, I was told that my application was accepted and they got a a large number of applicants and that it was on hold. And so there are things that are being done currently at the city or that were being done before all this happened that they're trying to make things better, and I think that's an honorable thing. At least they recognize that there needs to be a citizen's review commission for the police department. So, And that's straight from the Office of Police Oversight. Uh, that email that I got came from Farah Mustain, and, and it's in the works. So it's just, you know, a lot of stuff has been going on, and, and right now I think we're in a very reactionary mode to how we handle things. And as far as the police goes, it needs to be data-driven. It needs to be research-driven. We can't just, you know, make decisions that are snap decisions without understanding the effect it will have on our community.
3: Right. And I, honestly, I do think people know what a lot of problems are. You know, right now you have a group of people that are your law enforcement that are just incapable of handling certain situations. You know what? This is why I say that. You know, I look at Washington State, Seattle, how they allow the, a, a group of people to take over a substation in Seattle, Washington, and control blocks of the area and, and, and control this, this substation. You know why? Because they're incapable of handling situations and doing the right things. Uh, when they when they know that they're wrong, they panic, they run rather than handling that situation. There is no way in the world I'm going to allow someone to take over. For example, you know, walk into my business or my home and take over my house. I will defend that to my last dying breath. Okay, you, you, if you don't have if your attentions are not good, then you're not capable of doing that job, and that's why those things happen. I mean,
1: Jeff, Michael, you you will. You will defend your ju- your business, your home, yourself, your family till your last breath. But the police will not. I mean, there if if it came down to it and the police had to defend their own home and their own business, they're going to defend their their own stuff. So I just I mean, I think that people need to have a little it, There needs to be more uh, accountability and people need to take their their own safety and their own lives into their own hands. And, you know, at, I, I always thought that as conservatives, that was sort of the. Uh, the ethos but i i guess that it's people still do want to rely on the state for a lot of things i just don't agree with that you know fundamentally i'm not but i'm not saying get rid of the police completely
6: yeah i I, I see i see what gary's saying there i mean because as conservatives we do feel like it's incumbent on ourselves to protect our property and protect our lives and the police aren't always going to be able to show up on time and in seattle i'm not sure if the police just didn't want to deal with the problem or if they were just ordered to stand down because i know in a lot of these cases I believe the the mayor mayor ordered them to stand down. Yeah, okay, yeah, then you answered my question. The, The mayor is usually the one that orders them to stand down. But the issue that we also need to look at here when it comes to solving the problem is we definitely need to deal with the accountability factor. Like, Michael, you're speaking my language when you're, when you're talking about having a panel that can fire officers. That's been a major sticking point for me because a lot of these officers can do what they do knowing that they'll get away with it. It's very rare for an officer to be, uh, to be prosecuted. It's even more rare for them to be convicted, and it's even more rare for when they are convicted that they even see jail time. But I think we also need to look at the laws that are being written. And create it, especially in areas where they don't want you to be able to have the means to protect yourself, in areas where they do create more laws. I mean, the more laws you create, the more criminals you create. Look at the case of Eric Garner. If there was never even a law that would allow the police to approach him in the first place, we wouldn't even have to worry about chokeholds and how he died. And this has played out in a lot of different situations that involve police officers overstepping their bounds. So we also have to look at the legislators, the city councils, the state the, the state legislatures who are creating these laws that put us in danger and also police officers in danger as well. Yeah, so you, ha- you have a situation where you you have someone standing
3: on someone's neck, you know, leaning on someone's neck, their knee on someone's neck, such such not caring about life at all, and then afterwards laugh about it you know that's where we are today, and that's the situation that you created because they know they're not going to be punished for that. They have, they, they, they don't even care. They don't care for the loss of life. And well, to hey, someone well, that said, to someone that said, I need to do a ride along. <clears throat> I've done a police ride along. I've done several mm-hmm. police ride along. I've ridden along with the sheriff's department. I've ridden along with the police departments. I've ridden along with the state police. I know what police do. I know how their systems work. I know how their computer systems work. I was a network operations manager in charge of this installing DSL around the entire state of Texas. One I know more about networking, about how technology works than I do about guns.
1: Go ahead. Gary. Well, I think what Jeff is saying is pertinent. Uh, less laws, less criminals. And if we if we started at the legislative <clears throat> level, excuse me.
3: Oh, hold on a sec, Gary. Hold on a sec. So somebody just said the, unless the panel has perspective on an officer's safety, then that will not help. Let me tell you something. Let me give you a little reality check. If I can sit down and I can have a a jury of my peers, you know, brings, you uh, recommend that I get, I go to jail, a jury, if a jury can tell me that I did something wrong, then you know what? A civilian panel should be able to tell an officer they did something wrong and push for prosecution. If I, if I can't be judged, I shouldn't be judged by a jury, then they shouldn't be judged. If as they can't be judged, if they cannot be judged by a panel, then I should not be judged by a jury. Get your head out of your butt.
1: As long as the, the, the panel that's overseeing police activity is held to a higher standard and, and the people that are on the panel are held to a higher standard as our police, then yes, obviously I would agree that there should be a panel held, an independent panel that can, that can judge police officers just as a jury of 12, honest men and women can judge you or i but I, like i said i think that what jeff's saying is is pretty much the the what you can boil this down to it's the crux of the argument less laws less criminals and in the way my mind works that means less police you don't need as many police if you have less laws and less criminals to deal with in the first place
3: that's right We, you know we can sit there and actually look at the texas penal code and tell you if something is right something is wrong you know what here's here's some things that people have been tagging me in Keep tagging me. You know, that's fine. You know, I look at the situation at the Wendy's in Georgia where he talked about, you know, uh, did the officer do the wrong thing by shooting this person in the back after they were running away after shooting with a taser. You know what? Totally justified. I don't care what the Georgia the Georgia Bureau investigation says. I don't care what the DA says. I'm looking at what the law says. If that was in Texas, what does 9.41 say, uh, Zach, about Texas and about— you know what happens immediately after in fresh pursuit?
4: 9.42.
3: I'm sorry, 9.42. Thank you.
4: Texas Penal Code 9.42 uh says that a person is justified in using deadly force against another to protect land or tangible movable property.
3: No, 9.42. 9.42. I'm looking at number 2, 2B. Two oh, 9.42. Yeah, 9.42 2B. Two It says, and I'll read
4: to prevent the other who is fleeing immediately after committing burglary, robbery, aggravated robbery or theft during the nighttime from escaping with the property.
3: That's right. So to prevent someone who is fleeing immediately after from committing burglary, robbery, aggravated robbery, theft during the nighttime from escaping with the property. So if I steal something from you right now, I say, give it to me. I snatch it from you. I kick your butt, take it from you, and I run out this door. Can you stop me and recover that property immediately after in fresh pursuit, according to this law? can shoot you dead. You can shoot me where? In the back to recover that property. So when he took the taser, what was that?
4: Theft during nighttime?
3: No, nah, that was robbery. He, they, he took it from them. He took it with force. That was robbery. When he shot them with the taser, he's running away. He took the taser, robbery, immediately after in fresh pursuit, can they stop him to recover that taser? Yeah. Yes, according to the law. This is Michael Cargill, and you are listening to Come and Talk It.
7: This is Doug Man jones <laughs> And I get my gun news from Michael Cargill to come and talk it. Talk
6: 1370, the right choice.
2: Welcome back to Come and Talk It, and now here's Michael Cargill. That's right. What I'm talking
3: about right now, I'm just saying we need to hold our law enforcement to a standard. I'm not saying a greater standard. I'm not even saying hold them, you know, they should be held to the the highest standard. I'm just saying a standard. That's all. If I can be judged by a jury of my peers that don't have anything, no knowledge whatsoever of what I do, then so can a law enforcement officer. They can be judged by a jury of their peers, a panel that has the authority to fire and hire. But you know what? I want to go to Taylor. Taylor. Taylor is my my guy that's on the ground. Taylor witnessed the shooting last night. Taylor, what you got for me, sir? Hello.
7: On 6th Street last night, there was a um, five-person shooting. And um, I would like to kind of push this over to you, Mr. Cargill. Um, What do you think about personal gun ownership and do you think that protects the public more than it then uh the police do as this woman it was just a woman she brought a pistol in her purse and just pulled it out and started shooting into the crowd um last night what do you think about do you think someone who owned personal own gun ownership would protect people more than the police
3: absolutely because yeah, there's more people than there are law enforcement so yeah you should have to be able to take your own personal safety into your own hands and if i see something like that i'm 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 in that area, and this person pulls out a gun, starts shooting innocent people, hey, and I'm right so there, and, they, and it looks like they're going to shoot me, then I'm going to stop them.
1: Michael, so how about this then? How about we defund the police a little bit and then start refunding, put that money into public education systems and teach people about firearms in, in high school?
3: Uh, our education system, they got money. They need to, they need to focus on education, and yes, we do need to have a, some type of firearm program. We can add that, but I don't think we should take – all that money away from our law enforcement. I think we need a law enforcement. We need more officers. We need them better trained. We need to hold them accountable as well. All right. Yeah. Uh, um, Mackenzie, we haven't heard from you in a minute. So, I mean, what are your thoughts on that?
5: I mean, I I I I I I think think in order for us to have a top class police department that is fully trained and fully ready to go out and protect us, we definitely need to fund them. I don't think that taking money away from them is the answer. I also I want to share with you, I, I read about the shooting last night, and it, it's a very tragic situation. But one of the comments that I saw in one of the articles I read really kind of struck home with me. It said, I hope they sent a counselor in time. There are certain situations that will happen, and a counselor is just not going to cut it. We need to have officers that are ready and able to respond to situations that require them to be there.
3: All right, and then uh, Taylor on the ground. So tell me, Taylor, exactly what did you witness? What were the details? Give me the facts.
7: Um. Okay. Around closing time of the bars, which was like around 1:30, um, there were shots fired, and there's basically a stampede down Sixth Street. I say a stampede because there's already maybe a thousand people in the streets. So it was kind of regular back to bar time. There's so many people out there drinking, buying drinks. But uh, the second someone pulled a gun, it was a stampede. And we have the police, usually uh, APD, they stand around in circles and uh, wait for something to happen. They had to fight against the crowd to get in there um, to to see what happened. And uh, five people had been shot that
3: night, yes. And with all this, don't put yourself in certain situations. So that's why I don't go to 6th Street in the first place, because I don't put myself in certain situations. And I'm not going to put myself in a situation where I'm out and about, you know, when everyone's hitting the street to head home at the same time. You know, you just got to use your head when it comes to certain things. But if you are caught in that situation, the only thing you can do is defend yourself. But guess what? You're at a bar. You can't carry a gun inside of a bar. That's a felony. Only people that can have a gun inside mm-hmm. of a bar is um, outside of law enforcement and security is going to be the owner or the manager. Only one at a time can have a gun inside of the bar and they don't need a license for that. So you got to learn. the law. You got to educate yourself.
1: I don't think there's any amount of money that you could put towards the police that would have prevented something like this from happening.
3: Oh, absolutely not. No. Yeah, people are going to do crazy things. You can't stop crazy. You cannot legislate crazy.
1: So if these are the type of incidences where the type of violent incidences where we're relying on the police, I think it's kind of asinine to say we need to give them more money if there is no amount of money that can prevent something like this from happening.
3: I didn't say give them more money. What I said is don't take the money away. We do need well, more I, I, officers on Well, that's what I'm saying.
1: I think it's—I'm just saying in general it's irrelevant the amount of money that they have because no no amount of money, not some money, not a lot of money, not all of the money, is going to allow them to respond to this and prevent it. Unless we're talking Minority Report where we're doing pre-crime and, and using red flag laws to take guns out of people's hands anyways, which I know you're not for.
3: I'm not for that. Jeff on the right.
1: Yeah, and
6: I can see Taylor's point there. I mean, but at the same time, I mean, it doesn't mean that we need to take money away from the police department. I mean— we have emts who can't save every life but we still fund that right i mean there's a lot of other uh, 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 agencies where they do need that funding now again though i mean if we're talking about redoing the funding or redoing the training or p- putting or even spending money on reforms i'm okay with that But leaving it as is is not the solution nor is completely defunding them either
1: Garrett. I just want to be clear that my in my, my perspective here is not to completely defund the police. I just don't think that the amount of money that's currently being funneled into the system here is, is really – we're not getting our money's worth. Uh,
3: uh, McKinsey.
5: Yeah, I was just going to say, um, I mean, we're 170 officers short. We're delaying the next Cadet Academy. Response times are going to continue to go down. And in a city of our size, we need to have adequate police protection, but we do need those reforms. And so maybe police officers couldn't have prevented what happened last night. I don't know what the response time was, but maybe we could have had more officers patrolling the downtown area to protect us.
3: All right. Zach?
4: I bet we just start out by taking their MRAPs away. You know, San Marcos has one, Bastrop and Georgetown. Yeah, they have mine-resistant... Ambush protected vehicles that basically came from Iraq. McK- uh, this is McK- government waste. Mackenzie, you were talking about that earlier
3: because we had the Austin bombing.
5: Yeah, yeah, we did. Actually, you know what? And in my neighborhood, there was a situation, gosh, I can't remember if it was in March or April. I was riding my bicycle down Turtle Rock, and in the the parking lot of the local middle school, Deer Park Middle School, there wasn't a, a cat. There was an armored vehicle there and the officers were trying to get a suspect out of his apartment. I don't know the exact circumstances, but when you're in a situation, especially with police officers, and you don't know what to expect, they need protection. And that may be that they have armored vehicles so that if they get closer to the suspect, not knowing how he's gonna react or she's gonna react, they're protected. Because ultimately at the end of the day, these officers go to work and they they don't know what to expect they don't know what they're going to walk into and they need to have that protection
6: all right jeff yeah i mean and i think it's definitely important to reassess that because i didn't even realize that they had armored vehicles like that so to me like if we're talking about if, if by defund we mean like look for areas where there's waste or areas where we don't need to be spending money i am all for cutting that out I I don't that know how, exactly what I'm talking. If the, yeah, about. If that's what you're talking about. I'm I'm with you, dude. I mean cuz we know that government wastes money in general, not even just on the police. But if we're talking about doing a, like an overhaul of how they're spending money on on the police, we need to see where 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 it's needed and where it's not needed and cut it as as appropriate. But
3: we tried we tried to do that. We, we tried to do an that audit. We tried to do that on the, with the audit and it was denied in the last election. Yeah, well, that needs to be done then.
5: No, and that's something that my campaign is completely for one of my platforms Good. is i want to do an external city audit of every single department i want to find wasteful spending and i want to make sure that we are spending things in the right way all
1: right um yeah well when when a, when the majority of the city budget goes towards the police and you do an independent audit you're going to find a massive amount of of financial waste yep. associated with what is funded the most and that's why i'm saying that this defunding of the police might not be as radical an idea as what people are saying it is. And I no, think but it's with just, as uh, big
4: as the
5: police department is, it would make sense if there's so much money going into it. Public safety is a very large part of our city's budget. Right. But I agree there are ways to find things that don't need to be spent money on. Like, we don't need to spend money on certain things. So let's find those. Let's look into it. Let's figure it out and let's make solutions.
3: Mackenzie, how can we find you? What office are you running for?
5: Yeah, uh, so I am running for city council in Austin, District Six. You can find my campaign website online at com. You can find me on Twitter at @m_kelly007, and you can search on Facebook for Mackenzie for City um, for City Council. All right,
6: and Jeff on the right, how can we find you? Yeah, you can get me on Twitter at Jeff on the Right. You can read my stuff on RedState.com and LibertyNation.com. All right, so there's your solutions. We giving you some
3: solutions. Go for it. Do great things. Get a panel. You know what? Have a power to fire. Have a power to have the power to bring charges. And then make real change. Get rid of the union. Those are some things you might want to look at. How about get, take away those MRAPs and things of that nature. And then we can talk about making some real change. If you're not talking about any of those things, you're just talking out of the side of your mouth. As always, more guns equals less crime. You go out there and you buy yourself a gun. You've been listening to Come and Talk It with Michael Cargill.